0: So I, I grew up in in metro housing. I think they call it Section Eight here. And I remember when um, I finally realized that how we got there was that based on my family's income, and because my dad left and we fell in a certain category, that they were saying with the amount of children that my mom had, they were saying, "Well, this is what we can subsidize." And and then it dawned on me at a very young age. I think probably the age of 18 years old, maybe 19. It dawned on me that that if we just stayed there, we'll prevent somebody else in a worse off condition than us from actually moving ahead. So it put inside of me a work ethic to say, you know what, I've been given this opportunity. I'm going to work at it so that therefore through hard work, I didn't know the Lord fully that well. Um, but once I got to know the Lord, I understood favor. And I'm like, God, okay, we've got to go and we've got we've got to move so somebody else can come into that particular place you know i mean And they move on and and things like that and everybody wins right and so and i was doing that and i remember i was walking and i was in the stairwell and this this kid was just he was just he was just using the bathroom in the stairwell and i said to him i said buddy you live here (laughs) like go to the other person's apartment you know what i mean like this is where we live why would you destroy a place where you live doesn't make any sense And it finally dawned on me that if you don't appreciate where you are, even in your journey in the Lord, if you don't appreciate what God has taken you through, you will get to a place where you don't believe God does miracles anymore because you're stagnant, because you're not moving. And so what I want to declare to you is that God brought you to this state, whether you were born here or you were brought here God has planted you in the state because he's believing that if the church will pray, he will open up the heavens, come on, and he will perform and do the revival and the miracles that you want. And we can't get away from this. There are people who are hurting, and they're saying, who has the answer? And the answer is the church. So let's stop ruining the place we live, and let's start praying and asking God to prosper this land. And I got anybody with me? Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, hallelujah, because see, you may not know, but but I had to go for my my u s citizenship and i 'm official praise god amen and and it 's so amazing it 's awesome and it 's wonderful, thank you for the prayers of so many people and it 's interesting because some people <laughs> you guys are crazy <laughs> oh do that stuff man <laughs> oh my goodness praise god it was such it was such such, such a such a great great joy and and uh And And so, you know, um, you get an appreciation, you really do, um, of what God's doing. And so it it can be argued. It could. It could be argued of of our heritage, of how much really the Bible influenced this nation. It, It could be argued, but it can't be denied God's hands is on this nation. That can't be denied. You know what I'm saying? That can't be denied. And just going through the process and tremendous prayers were lifted up by so many people. But God strategically brought us to this state. And so I do believe that we have a responsibility as the body of Christ to really believe God opened heaven in Ohio. We're known as the heart of the United States of America. We are the heart. We beat. Come on. And so it's interesting that it was a 12-year-old who actually came up with the Ohio State model with God, all things are possible as a 12-year-old. A 12-year-old said, hey, let this be the very thing for this state. And so um, I commit to you um, as a fellow American, I commit to you um, that that I will continue to lift up Christ first and foremost and to believe that God is doing great things in this amazing, amazing nation. We have our issues, but we have a God who's so much bigger than every single issue that we face and so it, it's it's awesome stuff. It's really, really good. So, amen. Well, with that being said, good morning. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. And it's interesting because um, I'm going to release the children and give a couple of announcements. But it was neat. As I was laboring and praying for the messages, we, to continue on, what I know, uh, direction-wise, God has put in my heart. I've often told you that if I wasn't a preacher, I'd go into politics. And um, I just love those, those two things. And um, it's interesting. We're at Lizzie's game, and, you know, I'm watching the game. And I'm also saying, Father, give me a word. And uh, it was neat. And now it's almost like I felt the Lord was saying, um, remember you said, you know, you would, you would, you love either being a pastor or being, or being a, a politician. He says, well, now that you're official, right, won't you share your first campaign? <laughs> I said, okay, God. He goes, if you are running. Um, to be in any sort of leadership, what would be your first message? Now, I, I like that, Lord. So, um, of course, it was his idea, and I like it. So today I'm going to share with you really an accumulation or, or a coming together of over 20 years of what God's put in my heart um, for the body of Christ and how there can be true uh, move of God based on a principle that God has revealed in his word. So I'm going to share with you uh, a message um, entitled, a commitment to campaign for love. A commitment to campaign for love. So before we do that, let's release our children. Let them let them go. Father, we pray over our children. We pray that your hand will be upon them. We pray that you will continue to bless them. Speak to their teachers. Let them get your word. Uh, and we thank you, Lord, that a twelve-year-old came up with the model that grace. The uh, state of Ohio capital, Lord God, we thank you for that. So do it again with these this generation. Raise up children who will change the state as we honor and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. A commitment to campaign for love. Say that with me. A commitment to campaign for love. Mm. I see all over Marion and the surrounding. Counties, and I believe that by your prayer and with your faith in the Lord, that we're going to see signs all over for love. That they're going to have lawn signs, it's going to be right on front when people drive by, and they're going to say, I'm committed to campaign for love. Um, we fully understand the depths of that. You're going to say, Pastor, I agree. Invest and buy some lawn signs and some shirts, and let's get this message out. Amen. Amen. We are starting a grassroots movement. Praise God. And it's going to bring a huge transformation to the state. And um, I'm just trying to get to my scripture. Amen. Just getting here. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. Praise God. Okay. First John chapter 3 verse 23 and verse 24. First John chapter 3 verse 23 and verse 24. We're coming to the end of this chapter. I want to uh, encourage you to read the entire chapter of 1 John chapter 3. We're coming to the end. And they're going to wake wake, make our way back to the gospel of John. 1 John three twenty three verse 24. And this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abide, who? In God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Father, we thank you for your word. We honor you and we praise you. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So this morning, if you're a note taker, I want you to, to, to get out a piece of paper. I want you to take some notes. For those who share um, the TGP messages on Sundays, I appreciate that. Thank you. Keep doing that. I believe this is going to reach a lot of people. Um, but I'm going to uh, be very pastoral this morning. And I'm going to share this with you because I do believe that this is very important. Um, that we, we take our time in, in looking at this. I think it's important for a number of reasons. I think it's important because we must obey the greatest command that God has given the church. We must obey the greatest command that God has given the church. And we're going to see throughout scripture that this is how revival is actually going to take place. is us obeying and fulfilling the great commandment that God has given to us for us to do. And so in 1 John, it's interesting. You may know this. and If you don't, it's an interesting thing to know. That John is the only gospel that actually says he's the disciple whom Jesus loves. That John actually gets to a place in his relationship with the Lord where he has the confidence to be able to say, I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. And throughout the gospel of John, we see that that is mentioned throughout his writing. And so John then wants to communicate to us something that is is very important. He wants us to understand this concept of love. Now, when we use the word love, a lot of times we don't fully understand the depth of what love is right, we don't understand what the depth of love is. You can't speak the truth in love until you understand what love really is, right? And so we're going to be able prayerfully today really break down what love is because to really be loved is transformational. To really actually be loved is transformational. And so I celebrated uh, my wife's uh, uh, 50th birthday uh, in, in July 5th and, and um, it was an amazing time and and so I went to her and I said, I said, Meg, explain something to me. What's the difference between working under pressure and procrastinating? <laughs> I, I, I said, because I do, I, I, I celebrate your birthdays better when I feel like I'm under pressure. It's my way of justifying. I, I just put some stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to know from her, you know, what is it? And so throughout the history of our 28 years, it, it's been like that, that I would ask the Lord, God, what do you want for your daughter? How do you want me to celebrate her? And 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 so this particular year, I was like, okay, fine. It's hard to get some free time. And, and she really knows everything about me. And so if I try to spend money, it already comes automatically to her. And she gets an email from that. So it's, it's very hard to surprise her. Um, I'm not that hard to surprise. I actually welcome being surprised. And August 14th, oh, how did that come out? August 14th is is, is my birthday. And and um, and so we're talking about your birthday, right? And so I'm looking at things to do. And every time I went someplace, I would almost, God would tell me, it's not you, Ro, it's Megan. I'm like, okay, God. And I would try to plan this, and he would say, it's not you, it's not about you, it's about Megan. I'm like, okay, great. And so he leaves me, and I get to this particular store, and, and I said to them, okay, I want to buy a gift for her. I know she's going you know, to love this gift. And, and I said, what do you got? And they brought us some things, and I'm like, ah, that sounds more like anniversary. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not what we're celebrating. And then I went and, and I said, what about this? And I said, ah, no, nah, that's more like Mother's Day. And no, nah, we don't want that. And then I said this, I said, do you have, do you have a pendant? Do you have something that has keys on it? That, that has keys. I just, I felt that this was the year for her to receive keys. And they said, oh, we have something. And they said, we have, we have this, this pendant and, and, and on it, it's it's four keys, but they spelled the word love. I was like, "That's it, that's it right there. That is what God wants me to build on." And so, throughout the entire day, we were celebrating and we were talking about how God has given her keys, and in these keys were the word love. Was the word love? And so as I'm looking at where God has taken me, God is reminding me, he says, I still have to teach you how to love Magon well. After all these years, he's still teaching me how to love his church well. After all these years of raising two beautiful children with the rod of the Lord, you see what I'm saying, right? With the rod, You know, come on. Get yourself together, right? In, 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 in discipline them, in raising them, I still have to learn how to love them well. To love is not easy at all. Can I get one person not ashamed to put up their hands? Come on. It's not, it's not easy to love well. It's easy to say the words, but it's much harder to demonstrate those words. And so the Lord didn't rebuke me. He just reminded me that I have to learn to love her well. Love her well. And so, this nation, what everybody's looking for is, will somebody please love me well? Uh, the trauma that our nation has experienced is because we don't know how to love well. The, 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 the personal healing that we need, the, the wholeness that people are crying out for, can only be fulfilled through this word called love. And only the body of Christ knows how to love well. Get into it, but I'm going to jump ahead. And what we have done is because we're so desperate. Someone say desperate. We're so desperate to be loved that if it's a sinful self-love that approaches us, we normalize it so we can embrace it. Because we're so desperate to be loved that we don't care how it's packaged as long as it can fulfill some desire inside of me. Mm. Package it however you want to. I'll justify the packaging. I just need to be loved. And here God is has given that to us and and, and Abigail on Sunday when she mentioned that we're all in different levels of our walk but the great unifier is love I respect what level you're at in your journey but please continue to desire to love well I, I have patience. I have grace. I have mercy for where you are, but please, please, please tell me you're campaigning to be committed for love, and so therefore you're saying, "I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but God's love is continued to drive me." Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so John writes here, and he's saying that this is his commandment. That we first believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. That's the first thing I want you to write down. You can't love well without knowing Jesus. It's impossible. You can't. Now, I didn't say you can't love. But we're going to get to what we typically have in terms of love. Like we love chocolate and we love our dog and we love our cat and we love jewelry, and We love everything. That's a natural thing that reminds you that God is good. We need that to survive. And so you can marry for 30 years or you can parent a child and still never get to the depth of God's love and you can survive on natural love but you won't thrive unless you know Jesus. And so he's saying right here in this particular gospel, he's saying false teachers are coming and bringing doctrine and the goal of false belief is not to alter your behavior, it's to change your belief. And that's why you can't try to legislate morality without changing a mindset. You are normalized sinful behavior based on society's preference and popularity. And as the church, we can't do that because revival won't come because God is said, how can I bless your mess? I want to take you out of the mess. Come on. And give you a mess of transformation. And so he says, I can't bless your mess. Come on. I can't do it. I know you want me to do it. But I can't do it. You can justify it, But I won't do it. I know who I am. And I'm a good God. If I bless your mess, you will stay in your trap of temptation. And I'm a good God. And I don't want you to be bound. I want you to be free. So I give you the freedom to love well because I equipped you to love. So when you're talking to people, you let them know you got to believe in Jesus. Not because I'm religious, but it's how you get set free. It's the first key to love is that you have to know Jesus Christ. You have to believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, but as the Son, we have to believe that. It's actually a command. Not a suggestion, it's a commandment. I command you to believe in the name of the Son Jesus Christ, because there's a false doctrine that's coming in they're trying to convince you that the persecution and the pressure that you're facing John is writing and John is now he's elder and, and he's one of the only apostles who who, who died of a natural uh, a death the other ones were tortured and, and they were and they were crucified and, and all those things were happening and John is now at this age where he's saying I want to let you know please, 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 please those in Ephesus make a commitment to campaign for love." That's his message. And he says it begins by saying it's a command that we believe in the name of the son, Jesus Christ. So what unifies the church is that we believe in the name of God's son, Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. And then he goes on and says now and love one another just as he has commanded us. He goes for whoever keeps his commandment. He says, abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us. How? Now he brings the spirit. So he's saying, you have God, you have the son, and you have the spirit. He says, you can love well. I I love how the gospel writers write. And I love how God develops us. He doesn't look at us. As a project needs to be fixed. He doesn't look at us as some toy. No, the enemy looks at you and I as a toy. But God looks at us as his creation. And he looks at us and he's saying that you are not someone that needs to be fixed. You're, you're, You're not a toy. You are my creation. And he's saying as my creation... You are broken. That's different than need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And he says you need healing because you're broken. And from the healing comes the wholeness. Write that down. See, see we're trying to get to wholeness without going through healing. And it's not going to work. Why? Because you have to understand God's love in bringing about the healing. And I know people say that and there's some value in it. But how many want truth? We want truth, right? And so time doesn't heal. Time, uh, time reinforces. And so time doesn't heal because there's certain things that has happened in our lives, my life as well, that happened at the age of 12 that maybe happened to you at the age of 8. Somebody thought they were loving you. Come on and sneaking into the room and doing things that messed with you. And so all of a sudden now you're trying to get to wholeness and you haven't gone through healing. And we're asking people to do things that represent wholeness. And They're like, I'm not even healed yet. And so love comes back to a place of healing because the Bible says in Luke 4, 16, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Come on, to the poor, he has called me to heal the brokenhearted. Come on, he has anointed me and so God has anointed you with love to lay hands on somebody and that's why we preach healing, to move you to wholeness. Oh, that's so good. I like that myself. And you see, you see, the experience that we have, it it, it, it's, it lingers around and it lingers around. My biggest fear of walking into that federal building, my biggest fear was not the quiz, was not answering the questions, was not the application, as thick as it was. My biggest fear was would I be rejected? Would I let down my daughter who they're surprising her if I pass? Talk about pressure. I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) So call me. Call me when you get the answer because we're going to surprise Lizzie. I'm like okay uh but may has her so if i don't Meghan i can get it right you know what i mean and, and all that pressure that, that that's there and so what happened is the enemy now is bringing anxiety see how it works the enemy i love god with all my heart but i have anxiety and i have this pressure of rejection what the enemy is doing is not concerned about my behavior he wants to mess with my belief about god whether god is with me or not he wants me to question god's love of course god loves me he's been with me from the moment he told me to leave canada to- come to America but the enemy come on he's such a liar that he wants me to go back to a place of brokenness come on but try to make me a toy and now recognize that God has healed me walk in wholeness with confidence and so it all begins with we believe and we love one another and he goes on and so God is so good that he says I've given I've given you have me and, and, I, and I've given you my son and I've given you my spirit God has saying, what else do you want from me Come on, church, nation. What else do you want me? I created you. I sent Jesus, my son. I gave you the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in the earth. Jesus is at the right hand interceding for you. And I'm the God that loves you. And what he's saying to us is this. Will you make a commitment in the season to campaign for love? If you don't have it in you to want to see people move from just being healed to wholeness, then you really have to look at your love level and your ability and your depth of your love. That we must move people who need personal healing. That homeless person. Listen, God wrecked me when I went to California. I'm not the same. We're up in Cleveland and I'm seeing it again and again and again. I'm saying, God, please give me the strength to love well. Please, God, I'm seeing I'm seeing brokenness everywhere and I don't have the capacity of fixing guys. I didn't ask you to fix it. I said these people are broken and you bring the gospel and that gospel is the gospel of love. It's not some cheesy, weak thing. No, I sent my son to die for this love. It is the power that they need to realize I'm healed. Praise the Lord. I'm healed. So any miracle that happens in your life, any pain that God heals, it's not about you. Look, it says, look at me. It's about recognizing God's love for me. It's to embrace God's love for me is what we have to see. And so you have God, you have Jesus, you have the spirit. And he now goes on and he says, how do we do this? You see? We have to understand that with this campaign for love I want you to picture with me, church, picture with me now that we now have to get to this place of the world is watching. But the world is also watching. OK? You have the world that is watching the people. But you also have the world that's watching a principle. You have a world that is watching to see how we fulfill this commandment. That's why Jesus says, don't take them out of this world. Keep them safe from the evil one. And what we have is because if you look at it again early in that chapter, it said this, don't be like Cain who was of the evil one. So he separates, he says, don't be like Cain. And why was Cain the way he was? Because he was of the evil one. So right in Genesis, we get the revelation of how to recognize the sinner and how to recognize the sin. God, right from the beginning, he says, listen, because Cain says, listen, listen, the people are going to kill me. He goes, no, I'm going to put a mark on you. Why? I'm going to be the one to judge you, Cain, as the person. But we as the body of Christ have to judge the sin. Leave the sinner in God's hand. That's loving somebody. But we can't have a blind eye to sin. No, 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 no. You're not loving if you're not seeing the effects of sin on people and in this nation. No, 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 baby. We have to deal with that sin. If you really love me, you're going to deal with the sin. So, preacher, how do we do that? Well, see, see if you're campaigning, uh, if you're committed to campaign for love, here's what you do. When you recognize the effect of sin, the first thing you do now is you realize let me take the log out of my eye. Ooh, come on, come on, come on. Let me take the log out of my, because why? The world is watching how we're going to engage each other. The world wants to know, are you consistent with your message? Come on, because I'm tired of hypocrites. I'm tired of people telling me one thing and not doing something else. And I've tried every other club. I've tried every other institution. I went to the bar and it couldn't help me. Come on, I want to use drugs. It couldn't help me. I use all sorts of things that nothing can satisfy. And I'm here in the church is the answer for love. Take the log out of your eyes so you can see the speck. In your brother's eye. And so he says, that's how you campaign for love. And and now, now when you get there, you realize that he says, who is watching? Ready for this? Write this down. Your real enemy is not the people in the world. God's going to judge them. Oh, come on. Come on, he brought the flood because God is the one who closed the door in the ark. Noah didn't close the door. Oh, Noah, there was, come on, two by two. Come on, let's get it. And Noah, the Bible says in Hebrews, was a preacher of righteousness. And Noah realized, I can't close this door. This is a judgment of God. My God, this is so good. And God is the one who closed the door. So in other words, church, unless God closed the door, everybody is welcome. Come on, somebody. Everybody can walk up in you. Why? Come with your brokenness. Come with your issues. Come with your challenges. The door is open because we're going to love you well. We're going to love you back to life. Mm. We're going to love you back to life. And so right from the beginning, isn't it, right from Genesis chapter 4, we see God showing, how we're supposed to function and so John writes now and he says don't be like Cain who was of evil one so what we have is we have people, people in the world and they're watching us because they want a witness they're looking for a witness they know according to Romans chapter 1 that there is a God but has he checked out come on and they're asking questions God why are these things happening Why are these things taking place? Why is there so much brokenness taking place? And we know the answer is sin. We know that that's what it is. But God is saying before you address the sin, which you're going to address, you have to deal with this commandment to believe in the son, Jesus Christ. And so he says now that the world is watching. Someone write that down. The world is watching. Paul writes, though I'm free from all people, I make myself a servant to as many as possible and so as a pastor there's certain things I can do it's within my rights but I won't do because of my freedom because when I'm out in public and you tell people I go to TGP they're watching now Mm. I saw your pastor (laughs) so there are certain restraints I put on myself come on Because the love of God for you, come on, to be a witness in the city requires, though I have the right, my freedom says, don't mess with it. And that can't happen without the strength of God's love, y'all. And so he's saying, this is what you do. So he's saying to this church, do not be like Cain. Don't be like him. Who was of the evil one? He gives the reason for it. I, I want to thank uh, one of the members here who, after my message on Sunday, he says, Hey, uh, uh, show, show me a scripture where it talked about that that came uh, blamed uh, God. I said, Man, great. I'm glad. It tells me, Hey, for you're paying attention. Number one, praise God. Number two, you want to know your Bible. That's a good thing. Amen. Somebody at the Berean Church actually read their Bibles. <laughs> and I said, Well, there's no scripture verse that says it, but it's implied. What do you mean? Well, if he's from Adam. And Adam blamed God because when he realized he had sinned, he blamed the woman. God, you gave her to me. It was implied in that that God, you're the reason why I fell, because she brought the fruit to me. Oh come on. right from the jump, he's already shown the depth of Adam's love. Come on. Was self persevering. Oh, come on. And with Cain, it was God that rejected his offering. So if God didn't reject my offering, I wouldn't have killed Abel. Because every sin lands at the feet of what you believe about God. Whether you believe him or you blame him. Whether you believe him or you blame him. Come on, somebody. You're praying for someone to be healed. They die. God, I thought you were good. I'm not going to believe anymore. You don't want to walk in love anymore. And God can't move in your life because you're stuck at that. He's helping anybody. So first thing, if we're going to have a commitment to campaign, we cannot be like Cain who was of the evil one because we have people of the world who's watching, but we also have Satan who's going to and fro. And he's moving throughout this nation. Come on. And the Bible calls him the God of this world system, not people. Principalities that are holding people in bondage here's the bondage, because when I was talking to people about the homeless situation, and, and we have to do something. We, we got to do something. And so and so part of that was, he says, but you can go to somebody who is homeless, and you can say to them, hey, hey we have shelter for you. And like, I don't want it. What? I don't want it. That's because the God of this world, come on. Even in that condition can still manifest the pride of life. You see the depth of sin? And so if we're gonna make a commitment to campaign for love, we have to see the effects of sin. And so you don't get frustrated with that person. You realize I can't now understand that person, but I understand the spirit behind what that person is saying. So now Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of love and love well. And love well. And so we see that he's telling us these things. And so we have to make a commitment to campaign for love. I see it, church. I see in every homeowner's home in your front lawn. I see you having a sign that you said, I'm committed to campaign for love. And people are going to say, what are you talking about? And you're going to have to explain to them what love really is then. So that's going to take courage, right? You know what I'm saying? Because you can put yourself who you want to vote for. Come on. Put a sign up for who Jesus and who he is, and the answer. Let them knock on your door. Says, "What do you mean by a campaign for love?" I'm glad you stopped and knocked on my door. Let me explain to you what's going on. Come on, somebody. We gotta be strategic. We gotta be slick. We got to know how to win people for the Lord. Put it on your front line. Said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm committed to a campaign for love." That's what John was writing. And so John goes and he says this now in John 13. Go there real quick, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. This is so good. This is so good. This is so good. The world is watching. While the church is watching for the signs of the times, the world is watching the church. They're watching the church. They're seeing what we're doing. And let's not be distracted by the schemes of the enemy. Come on. there's God is doing a great work in this state. Don't let the media tell you otherwise. Come on. Come on. You got to understand. You have to understand And We'll get to it when we talk about the world hates you. And so in John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35, I love this. It says this. So, So in 13 of John... John in 1 John 3 is reminding him of this. He says, a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment I give to you. Uh, John Piper in his explanation of this is saying, well, what makes it so new? Because this this commandment was already there in Leviticus. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It was already there. So when Justin, I give you a new commandment, what was he talking about? This was first time the new commandment was given where he's going to die for our sins. Every other religion, you have to die to your God. You have to die for the God you worship. Only biblical Christianity is where God will actually die for your sins. You have to go and sacrifice your children. You got to do all sorts of things to appease that God. But here is God said, no, I'm going to actually to come and redeem. And so he's sitting there and he's saying a new commandment. And they're saying, what new commandment? We know the Old Testament. We know the first five books of Moses. We know what Leviticus says. But he says, no, this is where I'm actually going to lay my life down and die for you. And that's where the challenge came. That's where they had the issue. What, what, what do you mean, God? I didn't campaign for that. I campaigned for you to come back and kick out Rome. I campaign for you to come in and overthrow and put us back where we are. And he said, see, you missed the whole campaign. You voted for the wrong person. He says, I am not up for vote. I'm not even on the ballot. I am the king of kings and the lord of lords. And when I campaign, I campaign for all nations of the earth. And he said, it's a new commandment that I'm giving to you. That you love one just as I've loved you. You will also love one another. And verse thirty-five: By this, all people will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So write this down, church. Here it is. Now, remember, I said the world is watching, right? And and during twenty twenty, I kept hearing this, this this word: the new normal. This is this is the new normal. Well, they're kind of late to the party because we see right here, right? It's not love is your new normal. Uh, the, 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 we have had, we have pandemics, epidemics, worse. Come on. But love is the key. I I want you to get this. If if I can just, hopefully I'm not going on a rabbit trail, but I want you to understand this. That in every major crisis in our nation, you have people who run into the face of danger. When 9-11 took place, people, officers and and fire people, they were running into getting people out. Other people were just pulling people out. and, And they were doing this, and I bet you many of them weren't even Christians. So what you had was probably a Christian, a non-Christian, but what they saw was the chaos. And they both were running. No one said, hey, who do you believe? I don't know, man, but I know someone needs our help right here. And so this nation was unified for a couple of weeks, right? You know what I'm saying? Because everyone felt the pain of that. Uh, same thing with, with the effects of, of, of COVID and people running doctors and, and all those different things and everything's going on. And people who don't know Jesus, they, they're giving the life because of their profession. And so they're showing some form of love. And that's as far as we go. And so what happens is someone comes to church now and they're not transformed and they leave with that same level of love. And they think it's good enough now to get them to heaven, because they can tell God God, when someone needed help, I came to help them, so therefore I must make it to heaven." And He say "No, you didn't read John 13. You're just embracing the attributes of being created by me. And you need that to have a successful marriage, just natural love can help. Forget about supernatural love. Just natural love can help because I can bring couples up here who don't know Jesus, but they live amazing lives together. So that's why, folks, the argument for same-sex is they argue from a natural level and we take the bait. But that's not where the church is coming from. So the reason why you hate is you don't understand Love. <laughs> Love is your new normal come on because you came to Christ so he transformed you so here's what someone wrote about that he says listen listen the new normal is for you to understand that you are now a disciple of Christ and now you are commanded not just to imitate Christ but to participate with Christ come on oh. So it's not just to imitate say this prayer after me oh God. It's for you to participate in the grace that God has revealed to you from his love. Greater love has no mind than this to the man laid down his life for his friend. So move from just repeating after me to now doing what I do. And when you do that, you now move into Manifestation. Come on. And that is what we're talking about. That is the whole essence of what God is calling Blaine to do is to bring manifestation and to bring things in. Come on. That whenever he preaches, there needs to be a manifestation of God's presence, God's glory. So we're challenging people to move from just imitation and participation to manifestation of the presence of God. We're saying we just don't want a visitation. God, we want a habitation in this nation. Say God. We want a habitation in the station. Come on. Uh, we don't want you just to visit and leave. We want you to make your residence here in the state of Ohio. God, we want you to look from heaven and see earth and says, this is Ohio. I'm going to step in and say, this is where I habitate. Because the people will drive from all over and say, I'm going to Ohio. Why? Because there is a move of God that's over there. Because they're not just in my, oh my shaka. Oh my God. There is a move. There's a campaign to love in that state. Come on, somebody. It's so good. It's a manifestation. So why do we need you to, to get your lawn sign? Why do we need for you to put it out on the land? Because the land needs to be healed. You gotta stick it in the land. Come on. You gotta stake your claim and you gotta say, as for me and my house, we're going to love well. As for me and my house, the temple, I'm going to love well. As for me and this temple, it's going to love well. Because I'm not just imitating. I'm not just participating. I want God to manifest his love in the earth. So love is your new normal. No matter what crisis takes place in your life, you tell them love is the new normal. It's always been that according to Jesus. He says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. That's what he's saying. It also means you have to be obedient to the commandment then. And so he drives it home even further. He says, love is not just your new normal. Write this down. Love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Prior to that, Paul was writing about spiritual gifts. This was the most gifted church, but was messed up. And he's now getting to understand spiritual gift. And he says, watch this in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. This is a new living translation. If I can speak all the languages of earth and of angels. But didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong. Or a clanging cymbal. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2. If I had the gift of prophecy. And if I understand all of God's secret plans. And possess all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains. What? He's actually saying that you as the church. We can actually move mountains. Drop the Are you telling me that it is possible that we can possess a faith like the size of a mustard seed and speak to this mountain it shall move from you? He says, oh yeah. Church, you can conquer every one of those cultural mountains that are there. You got that. But if you didn't love others, it would be nothing. So he's saying you can hold revivals, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. That you can get healed of all sorts of... It's nothing. That you can have all this thing to happen. It's nothing. Why? Because what the world is looking for is not miracles. They're looking for the Messiah. And the miracle points to the Messiah. But if there's no love, you pull him right back over here. So he's saying, I'm going to do miracles. It says right here. But make sure you have love. You draw them to the Messiah. You see, love is your new normal. Love is the greatest. But see, the love like Christ requires a commitment, and this is where we're going to end. To love like Christ, it's a commitment. So love is a new normal. Yes, amen. Praise God. Wonderful Savior. Love is the greatest. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But to love like Christ, it's a commitment. It's a commitment that requires your entire life. And So he goes on and says... How do you explain that? Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. We're going to finish here because I'm going to break down for you. The entire chapter 13 is worth reading. But I want to break down for you just verse 7. Because these are the depths of commitment. Write that down. These are the depths of commitment to love well. We love this church. This is your depth of commitment. I love my spouse. This is the depth of your commitment. I'm in a relationship. This is the depth of your commitment. When we get to the place of understanding how to love yourself, the church has done a horrible job of loving themselves. It's been abused. It's been messed up. But in this campaign for love, the Spirit of God is going to teach you how to properly love yourself where God is saying, that's what I'm talking about. We need that. We, we absolutely need that. We have, we, have, we have singles who are saying, God, God, um, I've kept myself. You have redeemed me. You have transformed me. But I don't want to go back into the mess I came out of. And I'm making a commitment to campaign for love. And that's a a vulnerable place to be is where you're going to say, okay, I'm going to do this again. You can't do it in your own strength. You have to do it as how he loved you. Here they are. The first thing is this. See, when you love like Christ... It's a commitment, right to this? To all things. It's a commitment to all things. So the first one is this, when you love like Christ, you can do all things. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Love bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. I like how the New Limit Translation puts it. it. says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Come on, church. Wow. To be loved like that is irresistible. To be loved like that is the act of surrender. So let's break it down, these four, and then I'm going to let you go. The first thing is this, love bears all things. This word is the meaning to protect, or it means to cover like a roof covers a house. So when you say that love bears all things, it is not a burden, it's actually a covering. Because if you try to make it a burden, you don't have the strength, you will collapse. So Paul is saying this word to bear all things means it's a protection or it's a cover as a roof over your house or over your heart. And so Paul is saying is, listen, is that is that it bears all things. It means this is that it's it's a cover. It protects. And what he's saying is that when you love, you cover relationship like a roof. But here's it. You cover your heart from resentment as a roof, just like how it keeps the rain from flooding your house. One of the most dangerous things when you commit to love and you don't get it back, resentment comes in. And when you commit to love and, 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 the, and there's a, 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 a expectation I wasn't met, resentment can creep in. Not regret, resentment. You can live with regret. But resentment will mess you up. It'll mess you up every single time. Resentment gets to a place of open up anger which leads to murder. And so we say now, listen, listen, in your house, don't be in a place of where your house, don't, don't be there. You got to get to this place where you understand now that it's coming down like a rain and you realize that, nope, as for me and my house, we're going to protect, we're going to cover. So that when the rain falls, it can't damage the things inside. Number two, love bears all things. This word bear, excuse me, believes all things. Excuse me, love believes all things. And this word, this word is the word trust. It implies, ready the action of where you strain forward with all your strength to believe the very best in all situations. So it's you trust because you are actually taking action. Love is a verb. So I'm taking action. I'm actually straining forward. I'm not going backwards. I'm actually going into the relationship. Ah, come on. Because I trust that in this relationship, I believe that the best is yet to come. Mm. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. I believe you can change. I believe God's going to work in your life. I believe, come on, against everything. I am the one straining forward. I'm taking, I'm taking action. I'm the one moving into the relationship. I'm not waiting for you to come. No, I'm coming into the relationship. That's so good. When I uh, first met Megon, the Lord gave this, this thing to me, and I teach it all the time. It's a triangle. And uh, I made a shirt. You know me. I'm always going to put something on a shirt. I'm going to market something, right? So I had this shirt, and on it was God was on the top in the triangle, and then I had the triangle come down. Picture with me, and it went across this way. And I said to her, I said, Meg, here's what I can't do for you. I can't move you to God. You got to do that. But if you move towards God and I move towards God and we believe the best and we believe all that, guess what? We'll get closer to God together. That's what you need. That's what I need is someone stop straining for. See, what happens when resentment, what happens when you get there is where you can't love one another. Somebody stop moving. Someone is stuck in a belief. Because the enemy lied, the enemy said something. Come on, and so now you're stuck. There's a difference between being stuck and in bondage. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Some people are in bondage. Others are just stuck. Okay, love hopes all things. This one's really good. You see, this 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 one is this has to do with a heart that has an expectation of good things. So where there is an offense, you love because back to belief. Back to creating that cover, right? That protection. Because you get to this place. Hopefully, you didn't mean to do what you did. I'm going to now trust God that what you did was of the enemy and not of you. I'm going to trust, come on, that in a lapse of judgment. Oh, come on, somebody. In a moment of, 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 of confusion, you did what you did. So you said those words not to damage me, but to create dialogue. And so now because it hopes all things, everything becomes, write this down, a teachable moment. That we can actually discuss this now to find the truth so we can be set free. And so what we do now is we have teachable moments. We have life lessons. Why? Because I believe with hope that I'm expecting good from you. Why? Because you believe in the son Jesus Christ and the spirit of God lives inside of you. So therefore you're campaigning for love just like I'm campaigning for love. Am I helping anybody this morning? And the world is watching. The world said, how did you guys do that? We tell them we have the strength to love. My last and final one is this. Love endures all things. This is for all the fighters out there. This is for all the people that's, that's I want to fight somebody. This is for you. Love endures all things. This is a military term. And it means to hold firm your position at all costs, even until death. Love endures all things. Love hopes all things. Love believes all things. Love bears all things. How do you love like this? You make a commitment to campaign for love. Whatever every head bowed, every eyes closed. There's nothing greater than walking into a community of people that can love you back to life. Why do you think people miss? I'm going to get to this. See, God commands us to love, but we think attending church is, is a suggestion. That God commands us to love, so you don't have to physically be together to love somebody. Of course you can. But what the enemy does, he isolates us. He moves us. And he isolates us from a place where we could be loved. There's nothing worse than leaving this reality to another reality by yourself. Nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse. And we saw the effects of that. There's nothing worse than, than thinking a relationship was what it is and then it's not, and you find out. Those things are devastating. But when you become a disciple of Jesus, you made a decision that I'm going to campaign for love. I'm going to make a commitment to campaign for love. But pastor, what if they walk all over me? We'll get to that. We'll get to that because when I move, when I move away from this, see, see, everything I'm talking about is this. We have to widen the line between love and hate. We've got to move you over here because if you continue to stay right over here, the enemy will pull you to this side. And if you hate, you're going to murder. And if you murder, the Bible says there's no place for you. And so, what God is saying, I'm giving you the strength to take everybody with you and move you right over here so you can see from God's perspective. Who hates you is the world. That's who hates you. And anyone that loves the world, you open yourself up for the enemy to use you and to cause havoc in people's lives. So make a commitment this morning to campaign for love because I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't want to be hurt. So we do life together because we love one another. If you're here this morning and you realize, Pastor Ro, I need to be loved like that. I need the love of God. I, I don't believe God loves me. I don't believe that God has forgiven me. I want to tell you right now, the devil is a liar. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And for you to believe in Jesus Christ, you are a disciple of Christ. You now are committed. Come on. God is committed to care for you. He's given you his Holy Spirit. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor Roe, I'm not sure whether or not I truly know Jesus. I don't really know if I believe. I hear you talking about this love, but I just can't seem to embrace it. That's you with every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to pray for you. I want you to know that God loves you. And this morning, he's committed to campaign for you. He's committed to seek you. He's committed to go after you. He's committed just like he was. He leaves the 99 and he goes after you. If you're here this morning, please hear my voice. God loves you. God wants to heal you. Let him heal you. Let him open up heaven over your life. Let him heal you. Let him minister to you. Let God heal you. Will you make a commitment to campaign for love? Then let God love you. Let God heal you. Will you do that? I know there's somebody here and you're saying, I don't know if I can trust God. I'm here saying, trust God. Let him heal you. So he can make you whole. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. Let him heal. Can we just lift that hand up right now? God is healing in this place. Come on, he's healing. He's healing hearts right now. He's healing hearts. He said, I'm, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you. Receive his healing. Receive his healing right now. Receive it. The scars of your past. Let him heal it. Let him heal it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let him heal it. Let God heal it. Hallelujah. You're going to leave this place transformed. You're going to leave this place different. And people are going to say, what happened to you? And you're going to tell them, God healed my heart. God is committed to campaign for me. God is after me. He's pursuing me. And I'm letting him heal my heart. Let him heal your heart. The person you're beside, if, 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 if please, I don't want no one to. But if you can just put your, your hand on that shoulder or or just just acknowledge that person beside you and, and let them know they're not alone. I want you to do it just, just just for a second. I want you to do it because because God wants to heal our hearts. He wants to He wants you to understand that to commit to this campaign. If we're going to commit to this campaign and to see all over the state of Ohio that there are people on every home, they have this on their property. I'm committed to a campaign for love. They have to be healed. Jesus healed. Heal every wound, heal every affliction, heal my brother and sister, heal them right now God, heal them, come on, receive the virtue of the Holy Spirit, let them heal, let them heal, let them heal, let them heal it, let them heal it, let them heal it. Let him heal it. Yes, Jesus. Yes, yes, Jesus. Come on, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yes, 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 Jesus. I'm committed. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. Heal them, Lord Jesus. Heal them, Jesus. Protect them from the enemy. Protect them from the evil one. Protect their mind from the evil one. Protect their heart from the evil one. Heal them, Jesus. And now I believe that God has healed so many of us. Let us put our hands together and thank God for his healing. Come on, go ahead and worship him for his healing. Before he can heal our nation, he's got to heal my heart. Before he can heal the United States of America, let him heal my heart. Jesus, heal my heart. I don't blame you anymore, Jesus. I don't blame you anymore, Jesus. I believe in you now. I don't blame you, Jesus. It wasn't your fault, the accident. You didn't cause it, Jesus. It was the evil one. It was the enemy that did that. It was the enemy, Lord God, that did that. It wasn't you, God. You didn't do that to my mom. You didn't do that to my dad. It was the enemy, God. And for so long, I believed it was you, God. For so long I believed you didn't love me. For so long I believed that I deserve the afflictions. I deserve these things. But no, I'm committed to campaign for love now. People, I want to get off this, but I just really believe. God, heal this church. My God, let our light shine so bright. Come on. In the name of Jesus, help me intercede. Help me intercede. Help me intercede. Hallelujah. Heal my brothers and sisters, Lord God what a year 2020 was it caused so much rift so much trauma God heal us heal us oh God from our media did heal us oh God from what we believed heal us oh God heal the people who are insensitive heal the people oh God who didn't understand heal the people oh God deliver the ones who were deceived God please 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 God please God come on cry out cry out for me hallelujah Jesus I'm committed to campaign for love and I make room in this place for people who are saying I don't blame God anymore I now believe I believe he heals every broken heart and every wound in Jesus name In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, with the minute I have left, if you're going to commit to campaign for love, oh God, mm, I want you, if you're going to campaign for love, I want you to lift that hand and say, Lord, here am I. I'm committed. I'm committed. There are lost people that need to know they're found. There are broken hearts that need to know you're the healer. Just in this city of Marion, come on, in this city, in your city, we're going to love one another. We're going to campaign for love. We're going to make a commitment to campaign for love. We're going to commit to love. Father, with the hands raised and from the hearts of those that you know, I thank you. I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your goodness. We will not be people who are offended. We will be people who stand firm in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. The altar is available. If you want to come and just say, God, love on me, you can come. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We'll pray through. But the altar is open. If you want to come and say, Father, I'm committed. Heal me. Restore me. Do a work in me. Start the revival in me. The altar is available.